0: Coming up. Welcome to the Bat Flip Crazy Podcast with your host, Toby G. Welcome to episode 222 of the Batflip Crazy Podcast, where you're always find enthusiastic, data-driven fantasy baseball analysis and strategy. I am your host, Toby. Today is edition number 126 of Bubba and the Batflip. Bubba and I are going to be recapping week, I think we're at week nine, week nine of FAB, um, which was uh, an interesting FAB week, the week of the outfielder. Um, so hope you enjoy that. We also share our, um, our FAB pickups from this week and answer a bunch of... Uh, great listener questions. So I hope you enjoy the show. If you do, please leave a rating and review on uh, iTunes or your preferred podcast platform. And let's get this party started.
1: And welcome back everybody to another episode of Bubba and the Bat Flip, episode one twenty six. Going to recap the week that was in fab, the week nine fab period. And in order to do so, my co-host, as always, you can find him on Twitter at Batflip Crazy. Toby, how we doing, man?
0: Bubba, I'm I'm doing as well as as any man who uh, who has a fab podcast who um does. You know when he check your cord. Check your cord. No. Better. Is that better? That's better now, yeah. I'm I doing as it. well as any person who...
1: Yeah, you're out again. Was that? I'm out again? You, you keep breaking in and out. The... All right. You're not, you're out. Everybody, this is the wonderful world of podcasting. Live on air. Nothing. Well, we'll be back shortly, folks. Apparently, Toby's going to try to figure this out. It was working totally fine before the show started, and uh, we hit record, and he bumped into something, and now it ain't working again, so we shall see. How
0: am I now, Bubba? There you go. I'm better? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Um. Yeah. So anyways, I'm doing as well as somebody whose audio cord doesn't work, you know, when they show up to their podcast after being gone a week and... Um. Also, uh, Fabs Cole Soltzer looking for saves. So, yeah.
1: that's what I'm doing. But I'm doing. I'm actually doing well. Yeah. How yeah. about you? How are you doing? I'm doing. I'm tired. I'm tired because long weekend. But uh, it's good. Good stuff. Uh, Fab was interesting. Looking forward to talking about some of the guys on this list and um, watching Walker Bueller get blown up through three so far. Is I making know. My, Brian, making Brian Reynolds home run.
0: Holy yep. cow! If only yep. Cal Mitchell had done it
1: cal mitchell good old cal mitchell but uh, we'll get into him and many many more so let's just get cracking on it the week nine week that wasn't fab for those that keep track at home the online championship is the one we use for player movements and whatnot 12 team leagues to kind of cater to most uh, listeners 12 team formats and the top ad of the week was michael harris of the atlanta braves uh harris number 14 prospect in baseball came up from double a got the call So far, hitting a a 111, one for nine in his short stint in the bigs. But uh, a little bit of power, a ton of speed in the minor leagues. And he went um, in 154 leagues, as high as 234, as low as a dollar in certain places. So um, what's your thoughts on Michael Harris? Because I'll be honest, I didn't put any bids in on Michael Harris. There was plenty of outfielders available this week that I felt a little more comfortable with. But I could be totally wrong here.
0: Yeah, I mean, generally, I mean, it's always really tough with the prospects coming up. There's such a fascinating thing that happens where it feels like even though th- that there's more uncertainty around them and, and what their performance is going to be like, and and that uncertainty goes in both directions, you know, like they could be really bad, they could be really good, but I think people have that hope, you know, they have that hope that they see in the prospects and and maybe that optimism that they're going to do well generally what i do when looking at prospects is people who listen to the podcast know i'm looking at um looking at projections just to get a sense of what they're expecting I'm looking at like their their past um how they've been doing in the season and the thing that jumped out with about uh, the thing that jumped out to me about harris was the speed like you mentioned you know the bad x has him for eight steals five home runs 253 batting average and 343 plate appearances so about like an 8 15 8 14 um you know full season 600 plate appearance projection which is pretty good and you obviously have to factor in that it could be better or worse than that and then the batting average is solid as well so he was up there on my bids but nowhere near where he went in most leagues i think he was going for I think he went like in $120 or, dollars or more in in most of, if not all of my leagues. And I was more in like the low 20 range. So missed out on him. Who knows what he could be. The only concerns that I had, like from a more macro perspective were just, he's hitting ninth mm-hmm. and he's a lefty. So I don't know how they're going to, they're going to play him with, with against lefties or not. And even so like hitting ninth, there's like a little bit of a limited ceiling there. So that kept my bids um out of the range of possibility for him this week how
1: about you yeah you'd imagine uh he's gonna platoon with like duvall or something because duvall's been so bad as well and now it's just a way to like get the platoon and play there get some speed on the base paths and go there yeah i didn't i didn't even put any bids in on him i just knew like i wasn't gonna pay enough there's a couple guys we're gonna talk about here pretty soon that i was much more in, intrigued by so i wasn't there on that one but i'm usually always like we talk about it, kind of skeptical in the prospect realm the things so it's um it's why I was just like, nope, I'll let uh, someone else get this, and if it works out, good for you. That was kind of my my thought process there. I focused more on teams playing nine games this week or eight mm, games this week. Yeah, yeah. That was where I was focusing on getting those guys for the cheap instead of breaking the bank. And we'll start with the first one here. Christopher Morrell picked up in 140 leagues as high as 99, as low as a dollar. Outfielder for the Chicago Cubs, leading off of late for the Chicago Cubs. And he's he has a hit in all but one game so far this season. He, he even went uh, three for nine in the double hitter on Monday with another stolen base. That gives him five steals on the year plus two caught stealings. So they're letting him run wild. Got a little bit of power in that bat. I love what I'm seeing here. He's basically turning into the Rafael Ortega of last year. I guess is his his role mm. now. And um, I was very, very happy to bid on him instead of Harris. And again, could be wrong in the long term, but uh, give me nine games this week with a guy that's actually already proving he can swing it pretty good, leading off for the Cubs. take my chances there so i like morel quite a bit this week
0: yeah i actually picked him up in um in my oc uh because of because of the nine game schedule and also like when i look at the projections for him um you know they're pretty they're pretty nice i mean the batting average isn't high it's at 226 but um the bad x hasn't projected in 170 plate appearances for four home runs and four steals which if you project out out over a full season is a 14, 14 season, uh, which has a lot of value. Like you mentioned, he's been hitting lead off. I love that, that comp to Rafael Ortega. That's a, that's a fantastic one, you know, with the exception that he bats right-handed. So, Mm -hmm. you know, they're unlikely to platoon him when they need him. It's obviously a crowded situation there with Andrelton Simmons and Nico Horner and Morel and, and VR before his, freak accident that he had with a, with a training rubber band. Um, but I, yeah, I really liked him a lot. Uh, he was only available in one main of mine. And I think I bid, uh, like 57 bucks, which is pretty, pretty high for me. Um, or maybe it was 47, but he ended up going for, for a little bit higher than that. I already stole a base today. Um, you know, and as long as he keeps hitting lead off and playing every day in that lineup, I think there are some nice things that we're we're gonna see from that. I think he also already he only has he only has one barrel, but he does have a one hundred eleven point seven max EV, which is pretty good um, for only having thirty batted ball events. So I like it. I like it a lot. Um, and I'm I'm gonna go with it. So we'll see we'll see what happens. I liked him though. He was he was definitely kind of top of my priority list too.
1: Yep, he was near the top for me, and I was very surprised. Like, I guess it shows how sharp some of the leagues were in. Like, even some 12 teamers, he was already gone. Like, it was probably with with all the leagues I did fab in, it was probably 50 50 if he was there or not. And I was pretty impressed by that, going, okay, that's uh, some people are paying attention. That's good. So um, we'll see how he keeps doing. But like we both said, he's uh, starting off the week very well in this nine game week for us. So let's just keep, keep swinging it, and let's uh, maybe keep you past this week and see how it goes. Edwin Rios. Oh, Edwin, we've been wanting you to do this for so long. Picked up in 126 leagues as high as 88, as low as a dollar. With Muncie on the I.L., Bellinger banged up. Rios is playing nearly every day right now, which is great. Just in the month of May alone, he's hitting 273 with five home runs. Still strikes out a ton. A lot. Like a lot, a lot. But um, we know the quality of contact that he brings to the table, the barrels, the hard hit rates. The dude's a freak at the plate. And now he's getting the playing time we've all wanted to see. Um I wasn't as aggressive on him as I thought I'd be, but I didn't really need the corner infield situation as much, which is why I was focused elsewhere. But I love Edwin Rios as long as he's playing. And right now, with like I said, Bellinger's banged up and Muncie on the IL, it's his it's his it's his gig for a little bit, it looks like.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you can see why people are interested. You mentioned the 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 power that he's got. I mean, his projection is for twenty six home runs if you extrapolate it out to six hundred plate appearances, which isn't isn't nothing. But I also feel like I think one of the challenges overall with fab and one of the reasons why I stay away from really big bids, unless it's a truly like kind of difference maker player is that 26 home runs seems like a lot, especially now with the context that we're in, but you know, just kind of streaming guys for playing time, you know, getting those nine, nine guy, nine game guys in getting those the ga- games, getting those fours in versus the threes, all of those things like, You can generate something similar just by streaming a power bat over, you know, the course of a season. And so I generally don't go in hot for those types of guys. I think my bids were in the low single digits for Rios. can definitely see it, but there's major weaknesses that we are well aware of. You know, the 38.8% K rate, it's higher than he's traditionally had, but it is at 31.5%. His contact rate is down um, close to or or at the lowest point of his career um, as well. And I think one of the things to think about too is, you know, he's got those six home runs, which is great. They come on six barrels. Um, and so he's hit gotten a home run every single time he's barreled it up or gotten some home runs on non barrels. And so there's a lot of luck at play here. The 359 Babbitt when he's a career 257 especially as a guy who hits the ball in the air a lot. I think that BABIPs going to be pretty low, and he's only hitting 263 with that. So the bad X projection is in the low 210s. That could even be high in today's landscape uh, with the batted ball profile that he has in the K rate. So I'm not that interested, but I could see him as kind of a plug and play, but I didn't want to bet. I didn't want to fab a lot because there's just so many dynamics that are going on that have him in the lineup every day right now. I just don't see it happening in the longer term, both skills wise and, you know, him
1: getting played in time the, yep. consistently. The Dodgers way. It, it's just the way the Dodgers do it. And because, uh, yeah, Muncie will obviously slide back in when he comes back, whenever that is. And they're going to keep putting Bellinger out there for now. So um, it's it's what it stinks for Rios. That's why I always wanted Rios to be one of those trade packages, like ship him somewhere, let him play. The dude is super talented. So I will going to wait and see on that one. And maybe he'll get shipped this year. We'll see. But uh, fun to see him get some playing time while he's got it. Kyle Lewis is back after uh, starting the year on the IL. A little bit of rehab in AAA. Picked up in 101 leagues, as high as 157, as low as a dollar. He's got hits in three of his first four games, including two home runs. Uh, he sat out Sunday. The Scott service basically said, We're going to maintain it throughout the season. It's going to be a lot of days like this just to keep him healthy. And you know what? That's what teams are doing like with Buxton and stuff now, too. These guys that they know are kind of injury-riddled, is the way I'll put it. Um, they're taking care of them a little more. So when you roster him, you have to be aware of that. But the talent that Kyle Lewis brings is interesting. So we know the pros and the cons. We've seen it both, Toby. And um, But we do know that there's a very good ceiling with a guy like Kyle Lewis. So what's your thoughts on him?
0: Yeah, he was the guy that I was bidding the most on just because I think... You know, we've got a 480 plate appearance sample from him, which includes 24 home runs, seven steals. I don't know if the steals will be there this year, given just the the injury issues we've seen. Um, and yeah, I'm wondering if that scratch on Sunday, there wasn't a lot of information on it. They just kind of scratched him. And I wonder if that kept the bids lower than they would have been otherwise, because there wasn't a lot of information. And as you mentioned, um, Scott Service had an interview that he did that I think was published in the Seattle Times or or some publication at like 5:30 or 8:30 Eastern Time, 5:30 Pacific. And then I saw that quote about how really it was just a let's kind of keep him fresh, not play him too much type thing. And so, you know, again, like I, I like him a lot if he can stay healthy. I do think he's he's pretty close to being that difference maker with what we've been able to see him accomplish so far in his career, and so I think it's just a matter of whether he can stay healthy or not. But I liked
1: him a lot as as a, as an ad for sure. Yeah, I'm with you. I had bids in on him everywhere. Like I said, I I bid on a lot of outfielders this week. There were a lot available, and uh, yeah, yeah, it was interesting he, he week was that, for that reason. Yeah, there was like other positions was scarce, but outfield we had options this week, and uh, I liked Kyle Lewis because, like you said, it's. You know, we, we look at all these different guys, and with Lewis, we've seen it. Like, you said, there's a pedigree there. We've, we've got 480 plate appearances. We know what we should be able to get out of him. Like, there's a floor that's not pretty. We've seen that, too. That's what got him demoted last year. But we've also seen the ceiling, which is outstanding from Kyle Lewis. And he's still super young, so you think he could, he could still tap into that at some point in time. So I, I was willing to take that chance as well. I guess the only concern about to play devil's advocate here is besides the steals, like you said, um, the, due to like the injury to try to, to do that is they still are crowded there in Seattle. Like uh, if, if Jared clinic starts hitting in the minors again, he might get another shot. Like there's a lot of dudes up there. Um, but I think it's Lewis's is for now like, Lewis and J-Rod. feel like they should be out there every day. And then they kind of pencil around that. So uh, we'll wait. I like to go in after him as well. All right. William Contreras picked up a 96 leagues as high as 247 as low as a dollar. Like, I like William Contreras a lot. I had him for a buck a couple weeks ago. But 247 is a bit of a surprise for me, Toby. It's been great. He's a catcher that plays every single day, either DHs, catches. even played one game in left field. Um, He's got seven homers on the season, hitting 281. Contact rates are crazy. The barrels and the hard hit. Like, he looks really, really, really good. And the fact they're playing him every day is awesome. They're hitting towards the bottom of the order. For a while, there. He's hitting, like, second, which is cool. But they got him at the bottom of the order, but still – I guess the moral of the story is a catcher playing every day, and that's what got people's attention. I still don't know if I'd pay 247 for that attention, but uh, I was willing to roster him anywhere I could. I just wasn't going to break the bank for him. So what's your thoughts on William Contreras?
0: Yeah, I mean, he he could be a difference maker for the reason that you mentioned. He's playing every day. He's got that catcher eligibility. You mentioned the skills. I mean, the one thing that I'm I'm impressed with just in looking at the underlying numbers, the O swing is much better. So, so far, and again, we're only looking at 70 plate appearances, chances are it won't necessarily stick and that he'll regress back to that kind of career average. But you're looking at 26.8% O swing, so much better than league average, much lower than his career norm. And then that contact rate is is up as well. So not only is he being more selective, but he is um, he's making more contact um, with better pitches. And I think we're seeing some of the results of that. As you mentioned, you know, there's small sample noise in here. He has a 52.5% ground ball rate. Um, So he's hitting the ball on the ground a decent amount. He's got a 53.8% home run to fly ball. He's got seven home runs. He's got seven barrels. But again, he's only got 70 plate appearances. So his barrel rate uh, per batted ball then is 17.5%, which is truly elite. And he's also got a 12.8% over 156 batted ball events, including a really nice max EV of 114.2. So there's a lot, I think, to like in that profile, especially with them giving him playing time every single day. That could be a real difference maker. You look at his bad X projection, you know, in 250 plate appearances, they have 250, nine home runs, 30 runs, 31 RBI. You know, you multiply that by two, you're looking at, you know, 250, 18 home runs, 60, 60. And from a catcher, that's really you know, cool. over the course of a full season, that's, that's a, that's huge. That's a, that's a major difference maker. That's like, you know, Danny Jansen, but probably better. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I really like him a lot, you know, potential difference maker i in a little bit of a buy or not a bind, but like in my OC, I have, I think I have his brother and JTR are the, are my two catchers. So I'm not really looking but um, he could be really big, especially in those deeper leagues where things are rough. Yeah,
1: that's so why I tweeted it out yesterday, and I got a lot of feedback from people that don't play in twelve-team leagues. Apparently, because I said, you know, we both like to pay for catchers, and I'm um, in mean, a similar scenario. Not on all my leagues, but uh, I have a lot of like Contreras or JTR or Varsho, uh, like Grandal. Who I still believe in like there's there's a group of those guys where I'm not dropping them. But then in my other leagues, I was like, for fad um, Kelly for the Arizona. I've dropped him everywhere for like William Contreras and others. Like I'll just start just rotating that position if I have to. And I tweeted out that um, maybe this wasn't the year to pit for catchers. Cause catchers has been kind of this blah all over the board. And there's like, obviously William Contreras is a game changer, but Danny Jansen has been available. Like there's been a bunch of guys that have all of a sudden stepped up that you could stream right now Mm -hmm. is what I was trying to say. But I get it in 15s. You can't like, you're not going to get that same luxury. But in 12, like every week you look at the waiver wire, like Elias Diaz was on waiver wires this week. And he's got, they have seven games in Coors. I know he doesn't play every day, but he was there. Uh, like there's dudes all over the place at catcher right now in 12 teams and less so it was interesting to me and that's what that was my point of my tweet and that's why i like to explain it on the podcast because i get more than 240 characters to get my point across <laughs> but um it was just it kind of just stood out to me about the options that are on the waiver wire obviously 12s are better for waiver wire fodder than 15s but it just kind of makes you think back on your process of drafting like did I need to take catchers early here? I could have gone somewhere else. It's all Captain Hindsight stuff, but uh, it was just something that kind of stood out to me when uh, when breaking that down. All right. I'm going to give you the floor on this one, Toby. Cole Sulser picked <laughs> up in 86 leagues, as high as 187, as low as a dollar. Uh, as Toby uh, hinted at earlier, he uh, blew a save, gave it four runs, faced four batters tonight, and um, he's coming off of one save last week and looked like he was getting things together, but uh, tonight happened. So uh, what's your thoughts on Cole Sulser right now, Toby?
0: Yeah, I mean, I was so disappointing. I really felt like he had it locked down. When I was looking at him, I was just so the skills were fantastic heading into tonight, you know. So he had a, the 250 ERA, which went up to 450 after today, the 117 whip, um 20 strikeouts and 18 innings pitched, you know. So all the like general ones that we look at, he's got the two saves. But, you know, reasonable BABIP at 286, actually higher than his career average. The strand rate was low at 71.4%. So it's not like he'd been lucky. And then when you look at the other metrics, 14.1% swinging strike rate, that's very good. In-zone contact, you know, down a little bit at 85.1%, but he's got a history of having really good in-zone contact. His O-swing was the highest of his career at 39%. Getting ahead of batters, he had a 16.9% K-minus walk rate which isn't fantastic for a reliever, but like the skills are all there that said, nah, this guy's probably been a little bit unlucky. Um, when it comes to it, well, that luck certainly continued today. I mean, just having him come in, in the seventh inning in cores, like it just came out of nowhere to me because the last two save opportunities that they've had, they brought him in and it was looking to be a save opportunity before he came in. So just one of those disheartening things, and it just shows the um, the challenges of of the wire at this point when it comes to closers. It's just so hard to know and to feel comfortable and confident that somebody has the role even when they've gotten two saves in a row. So I bid for him really high. I mean, I bid 59 bucks in two leagues. One was an OC where I was uncontested in my $59 bid for him. <laughs> And then the other one was in uh was in a, my super so one of my high stakes leagues I was really excited to get really my my only I think like kind of I'll say that combined I have two. I think I have like Pagan, Jorge Lopez and now Solzer so I felt like oh well I've kind of pieced together two two full closers but apparently not. So we'll see, you know, I would not be surprised to see him get another save opportunity later on this week. Uh, Just because after he blew the blew a save opportunity two weeks ago, I think, you know, they brought him right back in. So bizarre situation. Really unfortunate for those for people who put uh, a lot of money uh, into Cole Sulzer. But we'll see what happens from here on out.
1: Uh, Question for you here: Those that did put a lot of money into Cole Sulzer, they get this experience on night one. Um, A lot of people would want to rage drop Cole Sulzer uh what do you recommend to people on that one like is it a one-week rental obviously we have more action to see this week he might just be a complete failure but um, is are you more inclined to almost wait longer with him now to try to get your money back or um are you willing to just get rid of him that quickly that's kind of i just want to put uh yeah this out there because people do have thoughts like that
0: i think it always depends on the league like if you're in a really shallow league you know not necessarily rage dropping him, but just thinking about the fact that, Hey, like he probably doesn't have the job exclusively and he's on the Marlins. So that doesn't make him super, super interest as interesting in, in like a shallower league, but in a 15 team league, I think, yeah, you just, you just see how things play out over the course of the week. He is in cores, which is just rough. I mean, you know, a lot of people have struggled there, so I wouldn't take it. uh, You know, I wouldn't take that too much against him. But I think you just kind of see how the next week or so plays out again. I wouldn't be surprised to see him get a save opportunity, you know, later this week. um, And hopefully he'll have two clean saves, you know, by Sunday.
1: And then I'll feel a lot better. Perfect. Crossing fingers, crossing fingers on this one. Let's go back to Chicago nine game week on tap. Frank Schwindel. Picked up in 85 leagues as high as $64, as low as a dollar. Uh, since he kind of got uh demoted, basically like put on timeout because he never really got on the bus to leave, got called back up immediately because of an injury. He's hitting like over 280, four home runs, uh, striking out like 17% of the time. He's starting to remind us a little bit of what Frank Schwindel looked like last season when a lot of us liked him for fantasy purposes. And he's playing every day, which is what you want to see because that was kind of it was, he was platooning a lot beforehand hit in the middle of the Cubs lineup he was another guy like I said I focused a lot on these guys playing a lot of games this week and uh, I liked Schwindel a lot he wasn't available in a ton of my leagues he was already kind of sniped up places but I put bids in where I could I think well, when we recap later I got I got him in like one maybe two leagues but uh, I'm, I'm willing to ride him with with this kind of streak coming up so what's your thoughts on Frank Schwindel
0: yeah he was definitely a target um, for me as well um, where he was available actually last week, like you mentioned. I I got him in, I think I ended up getting him in Barf or in TGFBI or something like that. I don't know if I have him on on, on any of my mains, and I also have him on a dynasty league. But yeah, I mean, I think he's fine. Like, I think you know, we kind of saw his the best that we're gonna see um from him last at the end of last year. And now he's just kind of he's pretty middling, pretty pretty replacement level. And so I think you just kind of use him for these weeks where he's got really good matchups and where he's playing a lot of games and he's hitting in the middle of the order. So he's got all those things going for him and he seems to be on a little bit of a heater, Um, or at least he was last last week and a little bit the week before that. So, you know, you just kind of ride that out and then as he fades, then you just kind of fade him and move on. If there's something better on the wire at this point.
1: Yep, most definitely with you on that one. Next up is a guy you picked up everywhere a couple weeks ago. I jumped on board a little bit last week and even more so this week. Jeffrey Springs picked up in 84 leagues, as high as $79, as low as a dollar Six strong against the Yankees his last time out. Uh, he's going 80-plus pitches his last couple outings, six or more Ks in his last two starts. They're, they're lengthening them out. They're going to pitch them. Like, things are looking good here. And you talked about it a, a couple weeks ago. I talked to Nick Pollock on the show on Wednesday. We looked into his changeup as well. It's filthy. It's absolutely filthy what he's doing. Um, there's a little bit of concern when you dig into the profile that if uh, the changeup's not working, it might not be a, a, a nice night, but those are the breaks. But overall, the dude's awesome. You're way ahead of the curve here, Toby. So any more thoughts on Jeffrey Springs?
0: Yeah, no, I, I still love him. I didn't start him in most places last week. I did have him in, in a couple places just because the the Yankees are a pretty right-handed heavy lineup. And I think he's going to be effective against righties. I actually should probably look to see if that bears out in his platoon splits, but oh well. Um, So yeah, I I just really like him. He's been lucky. I mean, don't get me wrong. 213 Babbitt, uh, 92% strand rate. Those things will even out over a period of time. But I love the skills. 14.6% swinging strike rate, 42.6% O swing, which is just absolutely fantastic dominating in the zone at 79.5%. Um K minus walk is 21.1%. He's not walking guys, he's striking guys out. Um I just love it and I have loved it since I saw him. He's pitching against the Angels. I mean, he's had a rough go of it too, which is the surprising thing. Like you think like oh maybe he was beating up on some not so great teams. He's faced the Yankees ball- as a starter, I should say. He's faced the Yankees. Actually, let me just make sure. Yeah. The Yankees baltimore toronto the angels and not like you know your angels of the past week this is when they were like in their peak form you know trout otani Rendon, everybody um and and then he faced the mariners but he only went 2.2 innings so he's faced like arguably two or three of the top five offenses in in baseball um and he's done well and he's Throwing, he's getting he's very efficient he's not walking guys which is just which is nice because you know he's got a little bit of a pitch limit i don't know if he's hit 100 yet but
1: no he's only gone 80 his last two 80 is around, his, around his 80 last, or so around yeah. 80 but he's been efficient so it could
0: go bad it'll probably go bad in one start you know maybe it'll be this week i hope not because i got him man everywhere because he's going against texas although they're they're hitting well um so far today so we'll see what happens but i really love it i, I really like um, I really like what he's he's
1: about and what he's doing. Yeah, I didn't play him last week either, so I feel you there. I was not putting him into that that Thunderdome. But we'll see how he does against Texas. We're all rooting for him. Um, Jacob Junis from the San Francisco Giants, two-step this week at Philadelphia, at Miami, picked up in 82 leagues, as high as 76, as low as one. He's been serviceable, five or more innings at every start, two runs or less, and four out of his, or five of his last six starts. Almost, a, you know, four, Ks aren't there. Ks aren't great, let's put it that way. But he's been serviceable, very serviceable, two starts on tap. I wasn't overly aggressive on Jacob Junius because that Philadelphia start terrifies me. But um, I'm also a pessimistic Giants fan. So uh, what's your thoughts on Jacob Junius this week, who many people are obviously in on?
0: Yeah, you know, I've had him on my teams for like four or five weeks at this point. When he right after he first came up, I added him in a a few 15s. Um, Yeah, this I have him in my lineups. These starts scare the, scare the heck out of me. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't love what I see necessarily. I mean, he's on the Giants, so that's, he's got that going for him, but you mentioned the K's are low, you know, his swinging strike rate is at 10.3%, but if you look at it, I think over his last like five or three or something, it's, it's definitely gone down considerably. He's getting chases. The Z contact is awful at 91.5% and I hate it. I hate Gavin guys who can't dominate in the zone because it means they're kind of, you know, they're playing around at the edges. They're playing around at the edges. And sometimes if you don't have your best stuff going for you, then you're walking guys and, um, he's always been Homer prone. So we'll see if, if that kind of rears its head. I'm, I'm definitely nervous about the start. The one thing that I will say his CSW is 30.9%, which is really strong um so you know he gets a lot of called strikes and he always has gotten more called strikes than swinging strikes so there's a little bit of hope there you know but say your prayers this week because man i am not feeling super hot about it but we'll see what happens
1: yep i'm pulling for him but i am nervous as i'll get up trust me on that one uh watching that ball fly out of philadelphia today i could see it happening with jacob tomorrow very much in play uh, here we go. Tyrone Taylor time. This is a big one. Like any of you listening to any preseason content, I think most of us all love Tyrone Taylor. And then the Brewers went and got Andrew McCutcheon, went and traded for Hunter Renfro. And you're just like, well, there goes that option again. But now Taylor's got playing time because McCutcheon's been, well, doing his thing. But Renfro to the IL, which is big. Lorenzo Kane's Lorenzo Kane. So Tyrone Taylor added in 79 leagues, as high as 71, as low as a dollar. Two more home runs today in the doubleheader against the Cubs. Over his last 10 games before today, three home runs hit in 351 and only striking out 12.5% of the time. He is finding his groove playing every day, which is beautiful. Um, he's got a power. He's got speed. He's got a little bit of everything for Milwaukee. Let's just hope this sticks, Toby, because I like Tyrone Taylor a lot. I know you do as well.
0: Yeah, so if we had the podcast last week, I would have been, been celebrating. Because, ladies and gentlemen, I got Tyrone Taylor – in five of my six biggest leagues last week if you were watching he played six out of the last seven heading into last sunday i want to say he might have sat on sunday i think or or on monday of last week i can't remember but he was playing and because lorenzo cain sucks now Mm -hmm. like lorenzo cain doesn't look like he can do anything his k rates way up he's not hitting the ball hard he's hitting the ball on the ground just a ton like he's not doing anything um and so tyrone taylor had really supplanted him as the pretty much everyday outfielder heading into last week so i picked him up in five out of six it's been a beautiful week it's been a beautiful start to this week when we talk about guys that that can be difference makers when you look at his bad x projection you know for 329 plate appearances he's at 244 with 12 home runs and four steals so over 600 plate appearances, you're looking at 20 plus home runs, and probably seven to eight steals, and that's huge. You know, this is a potential if things go right, 2010 caliber player over the course of a full season, playing against a relatively weak pitching division, um, hitting in the heart of of the Brewers lineup because it's, you know it, while it sometimes feels like a good lineup, it's not really a good lineup. And so, um, yeah, I really loved, I really loved adding him. Um, you know, he doesn't strike out a lot. Like his career is 20.7%, you know, in 450 plate appearances for his career, he's, he's 18 and seven. So again, looking at that 20 to 25, eight to 10 type of thing, contact rate is really solid. Um, he does chase a little bit, which is a little bit disappointing, but, um, career barrel rate around 8% right around 8% this year, you know, max EV around one ten. So every, he checks all of the boxes. Um, and so I was really lucky last week. The only challenge is the one league I didn't get him in is my biggest league. <laughs> and I lost out on him for two bucks, 16 to 14. Uh-oh. So that's been a little bit sad, but, um, wonderful. And I'm really excited to have him because with the Renfro injury, it gives him that opportunity to play and to earn that playing time. And he had a wonderful catch today. I've seen him make some really nice defensive plays, uh, earlier in the year. So I don't know whether he's a good defensive player, but, um, he's certainly at least doing well enough so that he's not a liability there. And you'd much rather have him in the lineup than Lorenzo Kane at this point in their careers, I think.
1: Yep, I'm with you. So let's hope he gets to keep that job because uh, a lot of DC teams will be very happy with those those moves right there. Let alone season longs where you're smart enough to get him early like Toby was. This is why Toby is good at what he does. Um, let's talk about the next one up here, Ronzy Contreras of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Already was pumped when he got called up. Made two starts last week, five innings in both outings, two earned runs and one zero in the other. Three uh, Ks, five Ks, walks and control have been his issue so far. That's the biggest thing you'll hear about Ronzy Contreras. Um, I have zero shares of Ronzi Contreras. What's your thoughts on Ronzi Contreras?
0: Yeah, he's a little bit of a tough one. I mean, I like the skills a lot. He's tough only because he was gone in pretty much all 15-team leagues, and then he was available in 12-team leagues. But I think the challenge is it's like in a 15-team league, he looks amazing because the skills are good, and it's just so so shallow, the pitching. But in a 12-team where it's like "Ah, you could probably stream a guy who's fairly equivalent on a regular basis there. The good, you know, 16.9% K-walk minus rate, 13.1% swinging strike rate, 37.4% uh, O-swing, which is great. He's in good in the zone, 281.7% Z-contact. Only challenge, like you mentioned, is the control and ability to throw strikes. He's only got a 37 point, 37% zone percentage. So even though he's getting ahead of batters and he's getting them to chase, he's still running into some control issues there little bit of luck with the 227 up and the 86.4% strand rate, but looks pretty good. I think one of the things that I'm trying to weigh a little bit more now, um, too, is, is the, is with these guys, like I'm really trying to be thoughtful and I, and, and this week I feel like I've gone amiss already is like, there's certain guys who like, you know, there's just, especially on really bad teams, like even if they're pretty good, if they're not going volume, it's really hard to get wins. So if you're, if you think you're going to get a win, maybe one out of every four starts from a guy, then you start to see a lot more downsides. And, and so I'm trying to be a little bit more cognizant of that this year, because, you know, I just think sometimes just throwing that middle reliever in there or throwing that added closer or, or closer spec in there with good skills you know, you're only missing out on maybe a K or two, and there's just a lot more less, you know, volatility. So
1: yeah, but I I thought he's a good, I thought he's a good ad generally. Yeah. I'm hundred percent with you on that. Uh, The comments you made there about this, the bad team pitchers, basically and playing. When we talk about pickups this week, I picked up a handful of relievers because I just didn't like my other options. That was how we were going to roll with it. And we'll talk about that for sure. But uh, yeah, it it was a Ronzi was one, like I liked the talents. I just didn't want to go in on him either because there's still too many questions for me there, not going deep. And that's just not something I want to deal with right now. Here's another guy, Matthew Libertor of the St. Louis Cardinals. He's looked good. He's five innings in his last uh, outing, six Ks. But again, how long is he going to go out there? How long is he going to stay up? He's he's there this week because I got eight games, but you know, you could see him go back down and give us notice. Stud pitching prospect, just like Contreras. But to me, there were still a lot of questions with Libertor and, I'm willing to be wrong on these kind of things more often than not. So I was not in on him. Talent's great, no doubt in that. But uh, like I, I did my Mackenzie Gore thing already. I didn't need to do it with anybody else. That's the way I look at it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have a rule about um, picking up guys with swinging strike rates under five percent. I just, <laughs> I just don't do it, Bubba. I just cannot. It's a good rule. And good rule to have. Not do it. Uh, he's got a four point four percent swinging strike rate. You know, K minus walk is nine point one percent. O swing 27.6%, Z contact 86, 86.1%. So he's worse than league average in all of those by a pretty healthy margin outside of that Z contact. So there's just like for me, just warning sirens going off that something bad is is is, is potentially going to happen here. Um, you know, maybe not. I mean, you know, the projections don't love him, you know, four, seven. 434 to 477 with a 135 to 138 whip. I think the whip is going to be, you know, an issue. He didn't have overwhelming strikeout rates in the minors. You know, he did have 28.4% so far this year, but the two previous seasons combined 200 innings with 23.7 and 22.9. So if that's what you're doing in the minors, I think what you end up getting is, um, you end up getting worse than that in the majors. And so now you're talking low 20% high teens and just have no interest whatsoever um, in that. And so again, I've, I've made fun of guys like that before and had it look really bad, like just get it, you know, just pie in the face or whatever, but I'm just willing to kind of make that, make those decisions. And I think more often than not, you're going to end up on the right side of things. And by that, I mean like 90% of the time when a guy even through just nine innings has a 4.4% swinging strike rate. He's not really fooling guys at all. Uh, There's very few like pitchers in the majors who over the course of two full outings will have a 4.4% swinging strike rate. Like that's like if he throws throws 80 pitches and he has four swinging strikes, Bubba, that's above a 4.4% swinging strike rate. So, so it's that bad. Yeah, it's not good.
1: It's not yeah, good. It's not good at all. You know, what is good is Mookie Betts just hit a bomb. 15th home. Of the the guy's unconscious right now. Like, absolutely unconscious. But uh, I digress. We'll talk a couple more guys here that will go over our moves of the week. Hit up some listener questions. So let's go to Victor Robles. This was an interesting one for me. Uh, picked up in 69 leagues as high as 114, as low as a dollar. He's hitting 257 on the year. He's um he's got four steals over his last three games. Five steals on the season. Still no power with Victor Robles hitting at the bottom of the Washington lineup, but he's getting on and stealing bags right now, and that has some weight to it, if that's what you're looking for. I'm not looking for that per se, but I, he's fantasy relevant again right now, Toby, which is quite surprising from where things have been recently. Yeah, for sure. I tried to dive in a
0: little bit and see what we were getting out of Victor and I really couldn't see anything different. <laughs> I think the 364 babbitt which is about 60 points higher than his career average. You know, his um his line drive rate is actually it's slightly higher than his career average, but The ground ball rate is actually up. He's not hitting with any authority. You know, the home run per fly ball rate the last three years has been 7.7, 2.4, and then 5.6 this year. You know, barrels, he does have three, but it's only a 3.6% barrel rate. You know, the max EV is down for the fourth consecutive year, 110.5, 109.2, 108.3, 106.8. That's after 84 batted ball events. The overall exit velocity is just god awful. The hard hit rate is god awful. Um, I think that we probably just saw like the best stretch of hitting that he's going to have the rest of the season potentially. So, you know, again, there's there's hope there. There's that glimmer. But yeah, I just didn't see enough different from the profile to actually take a
1: swing at it. Yeah, that's why I was surprised when I saw his name pop up. So popular. I've heard his name mentioned a lot this weekend. And I was like, it's still Victor Robles, right, guys? Like, we're basically paying for steals right now. If that's what you need, okay. But uh, there's not much else coming your direction with Victor Robles. That's going to help you, at least. Let's put it that way. All right, Toby, if you're ready, let's do some uh, Fab recaps for the week. Who did Ooh, you have? Fab- in fab your league? All right.
0: You're going to hear a lot of Cal Mitchell, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of Cal Mitchell about to be blowing up your, I don't know, earbuds, earphones, earplugs. Why did you add Cal Mitchell in so many places? So the reason I added Cal Mitchell in so many places, uh, projection for Cal, I like to think that his full name is California.
1: I was going with Calvin, but okay.
0: Uh, you're probably right, but sometimes <laughs> I like, like California. I'll, I'll let you keep going California with California Mitchell. Got, I mean, that's, that's actually a pretty, that's a, that's a pretty yeah. sweet name, California Mitchell. So if there are any like babies that are born this year that are called California and they go by Cal, I'm going to guess it's probably listeners of the podcast for sure. <laughs> um, So, so Cal Mitchell is hitting lead off against righties and sixth against lefties. He has playing time. He had a really good start to the minor league season. Um, Five home runs, six steals, uh, 306 batting average. He's always had a pretty good batting average. You can see that in the projections, 252 batting average, which, you know, again, like you're like, oh, 252 batting average. That's, that's nothing like that's sucks, but it's actually like pretty good right now (laughs) Um, in, in baseball that we, uh, that we see um right now uh three home runs, two steals. Um heard some positive things about him. Um you know, this year in terms of how he was doing, his wrc plus was the best of his career in triple A in his entire minor league career, you know, at 128, doesn't strike out a lot, you know, decent plate discipline. So all of those things kind of had me thinking, ah, well, he's kind of worth Throwing a, a little bit at, so I had like seventeen dollar bids, I think, in most places. So I got him um, for seventeen bucks. Dropped Kyle Isbell, um, added uh, Jonathan Daza, and dropped Brett Phillips um, uh, for eleven bucks. A backup of six, and Daza it was tough because he was not in the lineup today, and so um, I have him. I got him in this league, and it's my biggest league, and um, it's the league that I share with uh, with Brian Slack. And I was like, and we were like texting and it was like, it was like, oh man, Daza's not in the lineup. Do we like, he's played six of the last seven. So it's like, assume he plays the next three, you know, that would be something. And our, the other option was like, uh, I think Rugnet or Door or something like that. So I hope you played him. So we, we went with him, Good. Uh, which was nice because it eased a little bit of the burn on Cole Solzer. Because he did have the bases clearing uh, double Double. off of Cole Sulzer, so that was nice. Picked up Franchi Cordero for seven. Dropped Eli White, um, which you know he went off today. Oh well, Uh, and then added Daniel Hudson for four bucks um, with a two dollar backup. Dropped Matt Barnes, and then added Rube Neto Door for two dollars, one dollar backup. Dropped Jonathan VR. So with that, like Franchi, you know he's been he's been hitting well. I mean, he's still got a lot of the issues that he's had in the past but i think they're slightly better this year let me just let me just check maybe like the babbitt i don't think was ridiculous but maybe i'm thinking about another player cuz i look at a lot of players oh it was 340 but that's right around where he's been in his career yeah the strikeout rate was way down the o swing was really nice um, you know contact rate is higher than it has been throughout his career nice hard hit rate seven barrels 112 max ev it all looked pretty good and he hit against the last lefty. So I thought, Hey, you know, maybe he's going to play every day. Um, and then with Daniel Hudson, you know, Kimbrell has been a little shaky, you know, he got the save yesterday, I think, but he did give up a run. His line is not pretty. I mean, he's like four five ERA one, four whip, something like that. So it's just a wing and a, a hope and a prayer that maybe this is the week that Kimbrell falls apart and Hudson takes it. But, um, you know, I doubt. I doubt very highly that's that that that's going to happen. Um, and then O'Dor has been hitting pretty well recently, and he's got seven this week. Um, and so I, I was into the kind of Orioles middle infield here. Um, in my next league, I added Cole Solzer for fifty nine bucks. Back up at thirty two. Drop Matt Barnes. Added Cal Mitchell. Drop Lane Thomas. Um, added Kyle Farmer. Dropped Freddie Peralta. That's a sad one, but, you know, Freddie's gone, gone for six to eight weeks. Mm, I mean, eight weeks, we're, we're talking about, you know, end of July, early August, probably. At the earliest. They got to ramp him up. They're going to take it very easy with him because they're going to want him for the playoffs. And I'm not really worried about them making the playoffs in the division that they're in. I just think there's too many things that have to go absolutely right. And he's got to pitch well. He hasn't pitched well really this year. So all of those things need to go well for me to really regret doing this. And I have three other guys on that team who are on the IL and I just can't, I need, I need that spot. So that was, that was sad. The sadder thing too, was that I liked Ramon Urias more this week than Kyle Farmer because of the seven (laughs) games. And I botched my fab. I had Urias for less. And then what does Urias do today? He hits a two or two run Jack, I think. Um, so that was a little bit sad, but hopefully Kyle Farmer will do better, although I don't think I'm going to start him. So that was just a awful mistake. Um, in uh, another league, I added Trevor Larnock, um, dropped Matt Barnes, 37 bucks, 29 backup, added Cal Mitchell, dropped Bruce Zimmerman, $13. I love Bruce Zimmerman, but the skills haven't been great recently. He has had a really rough go of it, but like swinging strike rates under 10%. He's on the Orioles, which isn't great. He does have two good matchups, but he just wasn't making that team either either week. So um, I, I moved on from him. Um, we got next league. We have added Nico Horner for 23 bucks. Dropped Michael Chavis. That has worked out swimmingly so far. Uh, added Cal Mitchell, dropped Kevin Smith. Lot of Cal Mitchell. Literally like <laughs> every place you could imagine. Um, added Cole Sulzer no backup bid, 59 bucks, dropped Marco <laughs> Gonzalez. Marco's getting a little questionable. I, I have him everywhere, but he's a little bit questionable. He's just not getting the strikeouts. Like if you can't get strikeouts, there's, there's a lot that can go wrong and not a lot that can go right. Um, which is unfortunate. So I'm holding on to him in 15 teamers, but in 12s, it was time. I did add Christopher Morell uh, dropped Jonathan VR, $12 with a $1 backup bid. Then I got Tyrone Taylor, dropped Yusei Kukuchi, $4, no backup bid. And then I added Ryan Yarbrough, dropped Freddie Peralta in that league as well, um, which was a foolish, foolish move. I think it's one of those things where I wasn't sure if I was going to get Solzer, so I wanted to make sure that I had another pitcher in a the line. Then I got him, and I was like, I can't even play Yarbrough. He doesn't even fit in this team now that I have Solzer. So that was just a bonehead Mudo on my part, um, but that happens. Um TGFBI added Cal Mitchell, dropped Lane Thomas, added Lorenzo Kane, dropped Bruce Zimmerman. Kane has the eight games this week. And you know, like he with Renfro, he's been playing more. Um, there's the possibility for steals, and I really need steals in in um in this league. And then I also picked up Luis Renjifo and dropped uh, Jonathan VR. And then in our shared league of Barf, um, what did I do here? Asked added Christopher Morell. Oh, I got him in barf too. Um, dropped Brett Phillips, fifty-three bucks, backup of twenty-six. I need speed bad. I got Trevor Larnock too, thirty-seven, um, backup of seven. The Tigers also have eight games this week, and I think Larnock is playing against lefties as well at this point, just because the Twins are so beat up. And then I added uh, Jonathan Daza for eleven. Dropped uh, Bruce Zimmerman. That's that wraps up my fab
1: for the week. uh for me and tgfbi I added glenn otto dropped chase silseth Ooh, got yeah, worked out tonight well, uh $19 $9 runner-up also added jt brubaker dropped andres munoz 13 with a $1 runner-up bid um go down to barf here we've got through added cole calhoun dropped alfonso rivas 31 with a runner-up at 27 added tanner hauck dropped tyler wells 17 to 5 on that one um OCQ, I uh, added Jeffrey Springs, dropped Kyle Hendricks, 22 with a runner up of 21. Uh, Christopher Morell dropped Willie Castro, 17 to 4. Added Cole Calhoun, dropped Andres Jimenez, 16 to 0. So that was fun. Uh, the other Roto Wire OC, Adam Morell, dropped Lamont Wade Jr., 22 with no runner up bid. Added Nico Horner, dropped Hung Sun Kim, 14 to 7. Added Debbie w- Nice Whedon. Horner pickup
0: there. Yeah, I like Yeah, no, I wish I had done that.
1: Added Devin Williams, dropped Kyle Hendricks. Got Devin Williams for seven dollars. Runner up with mm. two. Uh, I know haters the guy, but I'll like we said earlier, I'll take uh, what Williams can offer right about now compared to some other starters. Especially uh, eight game, eight game week, you know he's going to throw four times probably this and week. And if there's you know, one game that's but like they can both get a save in certain situations, so we'll see. Uh, satellite league added Frank Schwindel, dropped McCutcheon twenty three to twelve. Added Kyle Lewis, dropped Brandon Belt twenty one to zero. Added Jake had zero for Kyle Lewis. Added J.T. Brubaker dropped Jake McGee seven to zero. A lot of uh, unattested bids. Love them. Love them. All right, my yeah, four no, OC note. Note no, I just saw
0: what when I was looking at the OC was I sat Pavin Smith. To, oh yeah, he already went he Three three run homer. Nope. Oh man, as I was looking at that OC to see if I had Nico Horner on mine, like you did, smart guy.
1: Um All right. Next, next OC here added Cole Calhoun, dropped Felix Bautista 17 to 15. Added mm. Nico Horner, dropped Andrew McCutcheon. Mm. And then this is one I, I put bids in everywhere. I added JP Fireisen, dropped mm. Jose Cantana 11 to 6. Uh, Fireisen splitting the role in Tampa Bay, but his overall peripherals stat line is beautiful. So I'll take that. Uh, Patrick Wisdom dropped Yadiel Hernandez 17 to 0. Fire Eisen dropped Kyle British 8 to 0. Love these unopposed bids. Um, two more OCs and then I'm done. Uh, added Jeffrey Springs for 31. Dropped Ranger Suarez, 28 dollars runner up. Uh, added Cole Galhoun, Dropped Stephen Kwan, 17 to seven. Added Brendan Donovan. Dropped Merrill Kelly, 12 to nine. And then I added Elias Diaz for a buck. Hmm. And then last but not least, do, do, do Jeffrey Springs added for 31 dollars runner up of two. Uh, <laughs> added JT Brubaker, uh, uh for six dollars runner up of zero. So. Fun stuff, fun stuff. But yeah, all over the boards, all over the boards when it comes to fab and what people are paying for fab. So we'll see how that uh, goes going forward. But uh, no Cal Mitchell for me. No Cali love for me. um,
0: Bummer. Well, we can. Well, I'll I'll enjoy his O
1: for three days so far. (laughs) All right. Let's get some listener questions here. We'll start in the YouTube chat here. James D says, thoughts on Nick Plummer. I know Plummer at least went deep tonight. I get another big hit too uh for the Mets and I'll be honest that was the first time I've heard of him so I looked into him this evening but do you have anything on Nick Plummer just uh got called up recently and um playing pretty decent the last couple of days but I'm, I'm not overly optimistic
0: yeah um let's see he's projected for a 199 batting average hmm <laughs> With one home run and six steals over forty-nine plate appearances, which is a total of six and six. For he's already got two. He's already got two home run, runs this year. Or Check actually, out. twelve and twelve uh, over six hundred plate appearances. I know, right? Um, he's already got a one twelve point eight max EV. I mean, that's pretty. Come nice. on, Derek
1: Cardy. Um,
0: let's see, minors. what he did this year. Two. This year, he's two fifty six home runs, two steals. High K rate, high K rate throughout. So maybe yeah. he's just kind of like a Patrick wisdom guy who strikes out a lot and yeah, hits for some pop. But, um, I mean, even last year, 12 home, uh, 15 home runs in close to 500 plate appearances. There's nothing honestly that really stands out, um, about him at all. I would not anticipate that this is going to, that it'll stick around. It's for kind, him, my,
1: for it's kind of my thoughts. I, thought. I, I wouldn't get too excited just yet. Uh, Scott Harris has a question. We kind of hit on him at the beginning of the show, Scott, but, uh, do you think Michael Harris will be a good addition to the Braves?
0: I mean, baseball addition, potentially he's really fast. So I'm assuming that he's a decent, um, he'll be a de- decent, outfielder as well. You know, again, like fantasy impact, I think is a a little bit by where he's hitting in the order, but if he's good enough, then he'll move up a little bit, at least. Um, so speed, a little bit of pop, nice overall profile, but I just wasn't as aggressive as I think a lot of people were very aggressive with Michael Harris. And I think part of that is just the speed. Like there's not a lot of guys that are going to come through that are going to have the type of kind of like elite speed that he has. So if you're short in steals, then you're trying to make a move now and, and make up some, some lost ground.
1: For sure. A couple more questions here. Larry Cardosa asks Teoscar Hernandez, 24 games, two home runs, Nine RBIs, 26 strikeouts, and 88 at-bats. Is it panic time or buy low time? I'm in the buy low uh, aspect of this one with Teoscar Hernandez. I think he's still kind of getting his sea legs out from under him. And as long as he can get healthy or stay close to healthy, that team is starting to heat up together right now. And that's what's going to happen. They're all going to start clicking, leaving Lourdes. I had a good week last week for the first time in a while. Vladito hit two home runs last week. First time since his three-home run game in New York, like, I got confident in the Jays getting things done and Tiosker will be a part of it. So I would buy low.
0: Yeah, I mean, 217 Babip. Um, the ground ball rate is way up, but he has been injured. I I would take the same approach that you have, where it's like where it's like he's still in spring training, you know, like he didn't have a full spring training. Like you mentioned, he got injured right at the beginning of the season. So he's just he's got the unfortunate situation where he's got to have spring training against guys that are in a much better place in the course of their year and their course of their ramp up, you know, with the pitchers and, and everything. So, I mean, a little bit concerned about that, but I think once he's able to make that adjustment, he'll be fine. You know, 12.5% home run per fly ball. So everything's like under, he's underperforming everything that he's done so far. Um, and so I just think he's he's partially been unlucky and partially just needs time to ramp up. And when he does ramp up, he'll he'll be he'll be fire, I'm sure.
1: Yep, yep, I'm with you there. And then last but not least, Mr. Todd Whitestone, Mr. At Telestar Seven, ask and he, he butters us up. For They're a, very, a, very flattering. Yeah, question. you guys are smart, good looking, and insightful. Wow, um, and I added the wow. So what do you think of these pitchers as options in rest of season fifteen team mixed roto's? Aaron Ashby. Garrett Whitlock, Spencer Strider, Tanner Houck. What are your thoughts on those four?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think with all of them, like kind of volume is a little bit of a question. Strider got the start that everybody had been wanting him to get today. He gave Edwin it five Rios just runs. a home run. Edwin Rios did just 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 to shut me up. <laughs> um, was it a solo shot or solo shot opposite field? Okay. Um, so I mean Strider's look good from a skills perspective. We talked about him extensively a couple weeks ago. You know, really nice came on his walk, a really nice swing strike rate, really nice O swing, but I think the four innings is the most that he's pitched um so far this year. Yeah, he pitched four in one other instance, but he's he hasn't doesn't really have the volume. So I think there's a lot more downside and we saw it. I think when we also spoke with about him two weeks ago, I said that he has a zero home run per nine which is crazy because his ground ball rate is so low well he doesn't have a home run per nine of zero anymore it's still going to be uh super low it's at 0.31 uh so i would expect some more regression on that front um to come his way um but i think he's worth taking a shot at in a 15 team league just because the skills are really nice and you know there's upside there who else was it
1: uh, Ashby, Whitlock. Whitlock, Strider, Hauk.
0: Oh, Ashby for sure. Um, I mean, he looked nasty. Yep. Um, today he's got, I think the benefit from him, at least in the start that I saw today is he had that really nice changeup. He could throw to righties that was effective, effective. And he's also got that, um, slider or, or curveball, which I think is his kind of preferred go-to pitch. He struggled a little bit this year. Hasn't wasn't as, hasn't been as good as he was last year, but I think it just needs a little bit of time. Um, you know, He's got decent velo from that left side and, um, everything looks, looks nice. And it's kind of working its way up. The projections really like him too, um, three, six, three ERA, um, for the bat, um, uh, which is nice. So yeah, I like Ashby for sure. I remember the question the most out of all those guys there. Uh, Whitlock was the next one. Yep. Uh, Whitlock. Let's just see what Garrett is doing. I know he started off really strong, but then he's struggled a little bit since, 44. Yeah. I mean, looks, everything that looks really solid there. Like, you know, again, I'm not sure how much of this is, is starter versus reliever, but you know, 32.1% O swing 84.7% Z contact 20.5% K minus walk 12.8 swinging strike rate. So I'd say like a really solid, good starter. Um, but again, I'd, I want to see, let's see his game log so he's got one two three four five all right one two three four five six seven starts he's got seven starts so let's look at what his numbers are over his last seven games just because we want to be thorough with with such a wonderful um intro to that question that todd had for us let's try to be as thorough as possible oh this oh oh guys oh all right. So, Z Contact way up over his last 7 games. So, these are all starts. 87.1% below league average. His O swing is down to 31% right at league average. His K rate still 26.2%, which is great. Um swing strike rate still 11.9%, which is which is strong. Walk rate up to 7.1%. So, still really good but struggling not really as effective inside the zone. Let's see how far his volume is um his velocity has fallen. Yeah. So his velo, he's at, he's been at not, he's averaged 95, five, which is still good for a starter, but definitely far down from where he was last year when he was, uh, you know, 97 pretty consistently. So I'd say he looks like a solid starter, but um, I think there's some real downside there. I actually think that, you know, maybe maybe he is the solution to the to the Red Sox bullpen. You know, if they can get enough healthy starters back in there, which I don't know their starters well enough. Rich Hill sucks, but um, yeah. And who's the fourth guy? Hauk, oh Tanner Hauk. Maybe Hauk replaces him. Um, Tanner Hauk. We got. swinging strike, 11.6% K-walk. He's walking a lot of guys, not striking out a lot of guys, not getting chases, struggling on pitches inside the zone. Um, Not a lot of great stuff to see here. Less than one strikeout um, per inning. The velo's actually up, which is interesting. He's throwing the slider the same amount. Um... But he's just kind of a two pitch pitcher, isn't he? Is he? Is he just slider? Heavy slider, yes. Heavy heavy slider fastball. Let's see, slider forcing. He throws the sinker. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Um. Yeah, he's kind of just like a, he's kind of just got the fastballs and the slider. And even the slider, I mean, twelve point one percent swinging strike rate. That's not great for a slider. So I don't know what's going on. That uh, I don't. Um, I don't know. I don't know why he's not being as good. I mean, the velo is still there. He's throwing it as much. So I'm not sure what's going on with the velo uh, or, or with Hauk and his slider. But if the slider is not even that good, then I don't know if he's that good.
1: Yeah. I go Aaron Ashby, as you mentioned, yeah. that'd be my number one. And then I go Spencer Strider, because I'm thinking 15 team. I don't think Whitlock Strider or Hauk are going to give me consistently five plus innings. So give me the guy with the best stuff. and I got Spencer Strider. Mm-hmm. And then I go with Whitlock and then how I think Whitlock can be the closer by the end of the season. So yeah. um, I, that's where I go. Ashby Strider, Whitlock, Hauk for me. But it is annoying. It'd be nice. Like at least like put an opener in front of these guys, let them go get a win or something. That'd be much more appreciated as um, it is it's, uh, the way of the world in baseball these days. We're gonna see a lot more of that stuff, especially as the season goes on, guys get hurt a lot more of that uh, kind of up and down type action for sure. So that'll wrap us up, Toby. Any final thoughts um, as we are nine weeks through the season? Um, I think, no, I love this time of year.
0: I absolutely love it. I always forget. I hate the beginning of the year. And then I love when we get into this part, you know, this is when it gets good when there's like, there's kind of moving pieces, but you kind of know who guys are. You have a little bit more sense of the roles. You have all this stuff and we still got what, like 17 weeks of fab left um, We're a quarter way through the season. I just, I love the rest of it. I just, uh, I really like it. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited and I'm just, really looking forward to riding on the back of tyrone taylor for the rest of the year
1: that's all that's all i got that's beautiful that's beautiful well we will uh, see how that goes hopefully taylor has a big week hopefully cal mitchell has a big week for you oh, yeah. and, and much He's only much in more. one lineup but i've go. got a lot of him so there we go we'll see what happens with that one but uh, we'll we'll be back with you guys next week as usual same bat time same bat channel check out toby on twitter at batflipcrazy I am on Twitter at BDNTric, and until next time, this was Bubba and the Bat Flip, episode 126. Catch y'all later.
0: That's going to wrap us up for episode 222 of the Batflip Crazy Podcast and edition number 126 of Bubba and the Bat Flip. Thank you so much for listening. Another enjoyable, I guess, If you, I don't know if you can really call fab enjoyable, honestly, but um, another fab week in the books. Hope you enjoy the analysis as always. Keep those listener questions coming in. They're the heart of the show. Thank you so much for listening. Take care and be kind to one another.